0: In today's interview, we will discuss passing on your business ownership when you retire, as well as good advice on what you should do now or in the future when owning a business. My Financial Coach's Chief Operating Officer, MPO2, will be interviewing today's special guest, Brian Bewley. Good afternoon, Brian. As a background, I'm happy to announce that My Financial Coach is reaching out to a few of our subject matter experts. And Brian, why don't you give us a little bit of background about yourself?
1: Well, I've been in the financial services business for uh, approximately 12 years now, and what I have done is I started in the insurance portion of the business and thoroughly learned how to evaluate insurance in the context through the financial lens, not just looking at it as kind of the risk management component only, but how that impacts your ability to control your finances and to um, offload certain risks to the insurance carriers and, and the impact that that has on the balance sheet. So, and more recently, I've gotten into in the investment advisory side of the business as well. That's that's my background. And and part of what I do, I do work with both individuals and business owners and, mm-hmm. and help them tackle complex problems. Well,
0: Brian, I believe that one of the most difficult things to tackle, especially if you're a wealthy business owner, is this idea that at some point, change is coming around the corner and you may not be a part of that change. So let me set a scenario for you, Okay. So imagine a longtime client of yours who's been successful in business comes to you and says, you know, I'll probably never retire. I've built this company from the ground up, and I still have a lot of good years to give this company. Then again, I've got a lot of help along the way. My business partners know my thoughts, and they definitely want me to stay on as long as I'm able. Still, I have considered that I need to spend more time with my family. I just don't want to give up control of the business. I still want to be the boss. So thinking about this, the real question that this business owner is asking is, my business partners are all younger than I am and want to continue the business after I retire. What is it that your immediate thoughts are if they come up to you and, and have this conversation with you?
1: My immediate thoughts are, you know, what stake do these younger folks in your mm-hmm. business currently have? Mm -hmm. In this business, are they partners? Do they have Mm -hmm. a profit sharing plan? Do they have any kind Mm -hmm. of uh, executive benefits package that would further expose them to ownership in that business in the gradual transition into an ownership role? Is that envisioned currently? So a lot
0: of that groundwork that you've just laid out, a lot of it has to do with, hey, what's the current structure of the business? What have you already done with maybe a financial professional in the past, which by the way, maybe you considering that this is a longtime client of yours Mm -hmm. that you've already created. So let's maybe peel it back a little bit and say that when they first started, it was just a few guys working out of their garage and they hired a few people along the way. And this was, the business owner's idea so they have a majority control and maybe it's 51% all the other partners own in aggregate 49% and maybe along the way you were in a position to give them some advice what what would you have given them along the way before this conversation even happened
1: Hmm. so I think what I would have recommended is that they implement a plan because right now we're not distinguishing what that 49% of mm-hmm. how it's split up amongst the various partners. And mm-hmm. maybe there's one or two key people that are really mm-hmm. uh, capable of that leadership role. Had we taken the time up front in years past to kind of identify that leadership role and the person that can meet that role, we would have structured that ownership and uh, and, and even voting rights Uh, Mm -hmm. accordingly, to acknowledge that and cultivate that relationship with that particular individual.
0: Well, that's very interesting, Brian, that that you mentioned that there is also not just a numbers and functional tax savings component or perhaps even a technical component to the transition, but you, you mentioned in there that there is actually a human element where you have to have these conversations. Could you tell us a little bit
1: more about that? You know, most people, when they evaluate finances, you're right, they stick to the numbers. And mm-hmm. uh, and really, when it comes to running a business, running a business is truly about being able to lead other people. And you can't lead other people with a financial statement and that kind of analysis. It's about having other people believe in your mission or your methodology, your style of leadership. So, I mean, it it just goes far beyond just who's the top sales performer in the business, let's say, because that in and of itself doesn't really identify that kind of personality that can take on that role it's more of the intangibles when it comes to evaluating that than it is the, the, the quantifiable. So I think that aspect of it is, is actually more important. And then it's looking at how we might tailor our, our compensation package and, and transition of ownership to reflect that. So.
0: Okay. Well, let's say that, that everything that you had just said was done before you have this conversation, so you spoke with the business owner when everything was just starting to grow, you've structured a compensation package that might make sense, and you've thought about how there may one day be that transition point that that the business partners will initiate. How do you think this this transition will go? I mean, what is the the best case scenario? What is the worst case scenario
1: here? well the the best case scenario in that transition is that you don't lose any of the other employees and the other partners mm-hmm. That's the best case scenario. The worst case scenario you've either you know you've chosen incorrectly um you might find that some people feel that they're more qualified you know themselves for that role, and they may go and undermine your business by going and, and deciding mm-hmm. that they're greener pastures and and to compete in the very industry in which you've trained them. Definitely it can be a minefield because ultimately you d- you could undermine your entire business and, and watch it in this transition, you know, you may end up controlling something that just got decimated because the folks that you thought were loyal and committed and as owners or partners decided that uh, you know, I mean, that's 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 the value of your business, right? Mm-hmm. The value of your business is the kind of the institutional knowledge that you've created. And that institutional knowledge resides in those individuals. And if they choose to leave, it's not like you can just replace them.
0: So let me ask you then, Brian, of course, we want to keep all details, identifiable details, confidential, but could you give us some maybe examples of either case scenario?
1: Absolutely. I've had some business owners, they were interested in selling their business. Maybe this case in particular I'm thinking of is not as relevant as it needs to be, but it it does speak to the issue. They were looking to sell their business and not retain control and bring in a third party to take on Mm -hmm. a majority stake. And Mm -hmm. what ended up happening is somebody that was responsible for, I think, like 30 to 40 percent of total revenue in that business. Mm -hmm. Um, They had no golden handcuffs, so to speak. They had nothing tying this person to this business with any kind of monetary incentive. And so that person ended up going out on their own, and not only did they lose by having a major reduction in their revenue because he took their clients with them, um they also lost out on the sale so it was a pretty it was a pretty ugly scenario and and uh <laughs> everything that this uh this particular business owner was expecting at that point in time, which was you know uh-huh. the, an exit profitable exit from his business, got delayed several years because of this key employee walking away taking the book and uh, the buyer was no longer interested. So, yeah, I mean, there's some really poor outcomes if you're not planning ahead and you're not communicating effectively with your key people and incentivizing them.
0: Absolutely. So what I'm almost feeling here is that if you do a little bit of planning, it, it could be helpful in the long run because you can always assume the best case scenarios. But if you're not at least giving yourself the opportunity to consider some of the scenarios that could come up, then you're maybe setting yourself up for failure. So in this case, how would you have maybe saved this this company sale and retained that key employee?
1: Well, one of the pieces of advice, and just maybe it's a little bit generic, but it's what I always mm-hmm. tell these business owners is I always tell them that when you're looking at the eventual sale of your business, one of the things that you want to do is you want to maximize enterprise value. You want to get that valuation up there, get that multiple up there. Okay. Okay. And what does that mean? That means you're optimizing your business. And then I I asked him the question, I said, I find it really interesting that business owners wait until they're looking to sell their business to optimize their business. And so I say, you know, the better question that you should be asking yourself is what could I be doing today to maximize the value of my business today? And the question in my mind is why aren't you always acting as if your business is for sale? So as to drive that maximum value And what that forces that business owner to do is to start looking at components of their business, not just, you know, again, looking at it from just a valuation standpoint, but how would that sale impact your employees? So it just, it begs the question. And so I always tell them, just pretend that your business is for sale today, or it's going to be for sale in six months. What are you going to do? And, And why wouldn't you always act that way and maximize the value of your enterprise? Okay. No, that makes sense. Especially if you have younger
0: business partners, you want to make sure that you're setting them up in a good place as well. Uh, They're key players in your business and even above and beyond maybe things that you can do for your employees. And of course, most employers are thinking of 401k plans, group life, group health, et cetera. But even... For, for your key business partners, some of the people that helped you do the early heavy lifting, it's good to think of them as well. It is. All right. Well, hey, Brian, thank you so much for sharing your insight with us. I, I'm sure that our listeners will be glad to have this unbiased look, and I'm looking forward to speaking
1: with you soon. All right, same here. Thank you, then, Paul. Thank you, Brian.
0: Thank you for listening to MFC Live. For more information, please visit our website, at www.myfinancialcoach.com. Keep an ear out. More episodes are on the way soon.